When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside Syracuse Basketball with Mike Waters, presented by Syracuse.com. College basketball is a great thing. Anything can happen. Welcome to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Waters. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Joe Girard. I talked with Joe about this past season, how he handles haters, and potentially switching positions next season. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. And we've got a really great guest for us uh, this time around. It's uh, Syracuse University guard, Joe Girard. How are you doing, Joe? I'm, I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Well, it's, it's good to get a chance to talk to you because uh, we really haven't had an opportunity uh, since the season came to an end in, in Brooklyn with that loss to Duke. Um, what have you been doing with your time over the last, I guess it's been almost three weeks now? Yeah, just pretty much just relaxing, chilling, trying to, you know, let the body rest and heal. Um, other than that, you know, uh, last week and this week, just starting to get back into workouts and stuff, um, you know, just with Jerry, myself, and then uh, obviously with Coach Cabillas in the weight room. So uh, we started getting back into that flow, um, going back to going to school, obviously, um, trying to finish up the semester and the year, and uh, but most importantly, just getting some rest. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You must have said the word rest two or three times in there. I mean, um, how much did like your body break down or not, not break down because you weren't injured or I don't think or anything, but just, you know, describe needing that kind of rest at the end of a year. Yeah. I mean, everybody goes through it. I mean, whether you, you know, like us, unfortunately didn't make the postseason or you're, you know, Carolina and Kansas who just played the last game of the year, you know, whatever, two days ago, you know, everybody needs it. Um, it's just something that comes with part of the game and, um, over the course of a division one schedule, you, you know, your body gets, you know, beat up and torn up. Um, you know, you're, you're practicing every day, you're working out every day, lifting every day, going to games, all that kind of stuff, traveling. So it's just a lot, but that's what you sign up for. And that's the fun of it. In the times that you've had since the season ended, have you had a chance to think back on your season and, and, and how it went for the team and, you know, uh, how do you look back on it now with a couple of weeks perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to think about, obviously. Um, you know, you never, you know, want to have the record we had at the end of the year. Um, it's not something that you go into the season thinking, oh, this is what we want to do and have it happen. So, I mean, obviously the record was unfortunate. Um, I think just the one thing, though, that, you know, me and the rest of the guys and everybody around the program have kind of said, though, that stay consistent was that we never gave up. Um, no matter how, da- how down bad we were, how bad the record was or who we were playing, it, it seemed like we were always going into the game with a dogfight. 
um, kind of mentality and that we were going to bring it our all. And, uh, you know, I've said it and everybody said it like, it, it, it might sound crazy, but we were actually like a really good team. And, uh, you know, it's just like yeah, know, every single game that we played, you know, we felt like we had a chance to win, obviously, you know, maybe the two regular season Duke games and then maybe Auburn was the only like three that, you know, you can probably think of where we were kind of out of it right from the get go. Right. Uh, other than that, it was like every single game we were in and it was just two, three, even maybe one possession, you know, that we didn't, we didn't execute as well as we needed to, to win the game. So like I said, it's crazy to, you know, think about and call us a great team. Um, but honestly, you know, I, I truly believe it. It just was unfortunate with, you know, how some of the ending of the game went. Yeah, you did have a few that well, heartbreaking losses that, you know, if you turn those into wins, you got a winning record and a few more games go your way. You're 22 and 11 all of a sudden. Exactly. But, you know, to your point there, where you talk about the team never really gave up and they were you always competed. You lost your last four regular season games. So you go into the ACC tournament on a four game losing streak. Now, those four losses were to Notre Dame, Duke, Carolina and Miami, and they all play in the NCAA tournament and they all play well. Right. But you roll into Brooklyn with that four game losing streak. And, and I and I've seen teams go into either Big East or ACC tournaments with that kind of downturn, and you know they, you know they 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 barely show up. Right. You guys show up, you destroy Florida State, mm-hmm. and then without Buddy the next day, you gave Duke uh, a real battle all the way to the end. You nearly had them. So yeah, no, I agree with you. I I, mm-hmm. I never saw this team lose fight. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I think those four games at the end of the regular season, I think other than, like I said, the, the Duke game, um, probably at that time was, you know, was winnable games for us. And it just seemed like, you know, ball didn't bounce our way here or there. But we were, like I said, always, like you said, we were just fighting, fighting to the end. And we uh, we carried that mentality over into Brooklyn. And I think that's kind of like, you know, the first game against Florida State was kind of the way um, that we felt we could have played all year. You know, and like they were they were on the high of a high going in. I'm pretty sure they were on like a four game win streak before, you know, ACC tournament. And like you said, we were on a four game losing streak. But it just goes to show you how well and like how talented and skilled our team actually could have been if we just clicked on all cylinders like we did that game. Obviously, you know, the whole year just it didn't happen that way. You know, I was wondering and I've had both Buddy and Jimmy on my two previous podcasts, Mm -hmm. but from your perspective, how much stress was on those two guys this year and, and how much did this losing season weigh on them? Cause you know, they're, they're playing for their dad and, yeah. and their dad has never had a losing season before in his career. Yeah. You, you know, you, you feel bad for them because um, you know, they obviously have the same last name as coach um, and they have to play with a little bit more, um, I guess on their shoulders in a way because of who, you know, their dad is. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate that people put that kind of stigma on people. Um, but that's, I guess it's just how it is. But I think the two of them handled it better than anybody could have. Um, you never really, uh, like I said, saw them get down. They were always fighting until the end. They would come into practice and work out every day with you know, the same attitude as if we just won a game by 30. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there was a lot, you know, a lot more on their shoulders, I guess, than on ours. Uh, but at the same time, we all – we all bought in and we all gave the same amount of effort and, you know, they kind of, they didn't really um, think too much about it and they just played basketball. like They know how to do. You know, looking at this season a little bit more positively, you, you were back in front of fans the Mm -hmm. year before, which was a better for you guys record wise, you made the NCAAs the year before, but you played that year with no fans around and and even, even the NCAA term was in a bubble. Mm -hmm. How much, 
of a difference or, you know, how, how great was it that for you guys just to have fans there again? We loved it. I mean, it's, it's an opportunity for not only fans, but you know, your family members to come watch you play again. Um, you know, instead of having them and making them watch it on TV, you know, you know, or you're going into an empty arena, like, you know, the carrier dome that's can seat, you know, 30,000 people and there's zero. <laughs> so it was awesome for us. It was good to get back to some normalcy, I think. And uh, just another sense of energy, especially, you know, in those close games, which you need, you know, I mean, people think that, you know, home court advantage is like a cliche, but you know, it's actually true. Um, you know, when you have, you know, the crowd behind you and the kind of momentum is riding and, um, you know, they're all behind you. It, it calls the other team, it calls timeouts and stuff like that. So, I mean, fans bring a whole different environment to the game and we appreciate everything they did for us. And, you know, truthfully, they stuck, they kept showing up, they kept sticking with us throughout the whole year and, uh, you know, came to every game and supported us like they would had we had a, you know, a zero loss record, you know, so they, we appreciated them and uh, it was definitely good to get back to some, like I said, normalcy with that. All right. So on the subject of fans, I just returned from the final four in New Orleans the other day and on my way back, I connect in Charlotte, North Carolina. And who do I run into but Scoop Jardine? <laughs> no way. I know it was, it was just a blind luck. You run into yeah. Scoop at, at the Charlotte international airport uh-huh. and um, my computer wants to do some funky stuff all of a sudden. There we go. Um, but there's Scoop. And as I'm talking with Scoop, I'm thinking of you as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think you two guys, above anybody else I've ever covered here, have a group of this fan base. And I think it's a large segment of the Syracuse fan base that mm-hmm. love you two. Uh-huh. They love Scoop. They, you've got a huge following. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a vocal minority yeah. who ragged on Scoop. They dumped on scoop. Uh, it was like bad scoop, good scoop. Yeah. And I know you get that. For sure. I see it. I hope you don't go to message boards, but every <laughs> once in a while, <laughs> yeah. every once in a while, I'll go over there. You know, what's it like? To, I mean, you do have a very passionate, supportive group of fans. Mm-hmm. And then are you, I know you're aware of the ones yeah. that, yeah, okay. What's that like? Honestly, it's, it hasn't. It doesn't phase me as much as maybe I used to. Um, I've kind of had to deal with that even since I was in high school, just because of how you know many eyes I guess were on me at the time. Um, so it was. I kind of had a good practice with it. Obviously, you know, here at Syracuse, you're on way more of a national stage and uh, way bigger of a fan base. Um, so yeah, it could probably it could probably weigh on you a little bit, um, and especially today in you know social media world um, where it's it's present every day <laughs> if you're on your phone. Um, but I mean, like you kind of said, there's, you just have to understand that there's a, a larger number of, you know, positives than there is the, 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 the minute negatives. So you kind of just got to deal with it. It's part of the gig. Um, and you know, I think, uh, it, it's almost like they're a Twitter coach. <laughs> so you can't like, obviously I'm playing for coach Beheim. Um, you, you can't really listen to the Twitter coaches as I like to call them who, uh, probably have never played basketball in their life and just like to tweet some nonsense just to get some people fired up. Do you have to remind yourself that it's probably a very small number, but because they can be amplified in social media. Yeah, you you do. You have to remind yourself that all the time. And, you know, you can even go through maybe sometimes your direct messages on social media and, you know, you'll find one or two here or there, you know, if people wanted to kill you because you lost their prop bet or something. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but then you go through the rest of them, it's all positive things. So, uh, I mean, obviously, after a bad game, it's it's a lot worse. Um, but you know that that happens, and you know you can't be perfect every single day. Um, but 
you know, it's just part of the gig, like I said, and it's something that I've come to a conclusion with that, you know, I can't really change. Um, and I think it's just not that it's a stigma because of how I played probably my sophomore year, but it's just something that people have in the back of their minds that, you know, they just want to, I guess, keep bringing it up. <laughs> have you ever talked to Scoop or any other former players who've been through this? Oh, uh, no, I've never talked to Scoop. Um, I mean, what his number? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, no, I uh, I never talked to him. I, I used to watch him growing up. I was a big fan of his. Uh, but I think, um, I mean, he's from obviously my backyard. Jimmer um, probably was the best one to help me out with it because, you know, he was, you know, Jimmer mania. That was the high of the high. You know, nobody was probably in the world as famous as him at one point. Um, but then he. Uh, right. Unfortunately, when the NBA and all that stuff didn't work out, obviously a lot of people turned on him and, uh, you know, it became like a negative thing to him. Um, so I think just I, I kind of said it last year, he kind of helped me out towards the end of February and March, you know, my sophomore year. And that's kind of when I turned it around and uh, started, you know, playing positive again and all that kind of stuff. So he, he he's probably the one that I've kind of, you know, took a lot from in that sense. Obviously, you know, with GMAC, he's, he's the one that's been by my side my whole, you know, three years here, and he's helped me out a lot with it as well. Um, but, you know, even he says back when he played, there wasn't really much social media, so there wasn't much, you know, for him to really, you know, have to deal with it. But he's just helped me out and gotten, helped me get through it, all, all that kind of stuff, and understands that, you know, it's, you know, you listen to people like him, and you listen to people like Coach Beheim. You don't listen to, like I said, the Twitter coaches. But I think him and him and Jim are for sure the ones that help me out most with that kind of stuff. It was really kind of amazing. With you know, I know you and Jim are come from the same town, mm-hmm. and you know, you you watched him growing up. But yeah, that's pretty special for a guy like Jim to continue to, yeah. to you know to help you out and be a sounding board or advisor. I mean. Yeah, he's, he's, he's done great. You know, and I think he's the people, you know, people have said it his whole career that he's, you know, probably a better person even than a basketball player. And it's pretty, that's pretty crazy to say, um, but it's true. I mean, he's always been that way. He's always been um, more of an even killed kind of guy. I remember when I was, you know, five, six years old watching him play. Um, he, he, he just always had the straight face on no matter how good he was doing or how bad he was doing. He was always just one of those guys that stayed even killed. And I think that, you know, obviously, uh, um, with the, the way today's game's going, I'm more of an emotional player, but that that's something I've tried to kind of tried to uh, look at of his, and I think I've gotten better at it. But you know, he's he's helped me work out, you know, in the summer whenever he's home back in Glens Falls, and we're there together. You know, I've worked out with him a few times, and he's you know taught me some things on the basketball court. And then, like I said, he's continued to help me off the basketball court as well. And even even his family, you know, his brother TJ is a, you know a big supporter and a great guy, and uh, you know his dad Al is a you know a great guy as well who I see. Every time I every time I'm back in Las Falls, it seems like I'm seeing Al for that um, or TJ for that somewhere. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, you know, for the for the haters out there, there are some numbers of yours that are amazing <laughs> that could shut them up in a heartbeat. And I don't know if a lot of fans are really truly aware of what you've done in your three years here. Do you mind if I mention a few? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Yep. <laughs> 209 made three-pointers in your three years. Mm-hmm. Any idea where that ranks in Syracuse history? Uh, I mean, it's nowhere close to GMAC, who's won, so I'm not sure. <laughs> no, 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 not close to GMAC. You're right <laughs> about that. Um, Buddy has like 309, and he's not yeah. close to GMAC. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to me. You're sixth all time. Oh, wow. You moved ahead of Demetrius Nichols and Eric Devendorf in the last week of the season. Oh, geez, I didn't know that. Two guys you know, right? Eric yeah. and, D- and Demetrius? Yep. Um, 
How many career points do you think you have? Um, probably around, I think I'm my 1,000th this year, so I'd probably say around 1,100 maybe. Wow, pretty good. Uh, 1,126. Uh, 1, oh, okay. You, nice. you just moved ahead of Andy Routens. Oh, wow, no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's some pretty good company there. Yeah, um, uh, those, are, those are some legends that, you know, even I remember, you know, watching and hearing about. Now, so now we look ahead to next year, a senior year. Mm-hmm. And it could be a lot different for you. Right. Looking ahead already, and I know it's probably too soon to ask you to do this. It's not fair, but I'm going to do it anyway. Looking yep. ahead to next year, what, what, are your, what are your personal goals? Or if there's not like a real goal, what do you want from yourself in your, in your senior year? Uh, I guess, you know, obviously just to keep improving. I mean, obviously that sounds boring, but it's true. Um, you know, every time you're, any college basketball player wants to get better the next year than they were the previous year. So obviously just trying to um, in, up my numbers, all of them, whether it's, you know, making less turnovers, getting more assists, you know, obviously with, you know, Buddy leaving, um, Cole leaving, Jimmy leaving, all those guys who scored a lot of points, you know, we're going to have to pick it up somewhere else, whether it's, you know, Jesse obviously coming back, the new guys coming in, Samir, Samir playing a bigger role, Benny playing a bigger role. So obviously the, 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 those, you know, points from those guys are going to have to come somewhere else. So obviously trying to up that, but I think it's just getting better in general and trying to be more of a leader. Like I said, we got a lot of new guys coming in and, you know, this is my fourth year. It's going to be my fourth year here. Um, I'm not the, I'm not the, the new guy on the block anymore. I'm the vet. So I got to help these right. guys out and uh, trying to be a leader for them. Um, I think I did a really got a, a, a lot better of a job of that this year too, as well. Um, and just keep getting better in that, that sense. You mentioned next year, you're going to be the vet. You're, you're a senior. It's amazing how fast in college you go from young to old. Yeah, I this this is gone way faster than my high school experience. This is I I don't know if it's because of the COVID stuff, but this this college experience has, has flown by. And uh, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to love every second of it, but you know, it's hard obviously when you know you're you're pretty much here as a job. Um and you know, every day is something new and every day is the same the same long day, but it's something new with it. So I'm trying to absorb everything and uh try and um just appreciate as much as I can. You know, in that Duke game down in Brooklyn with Buddy out, you moved over to the two. Saimir had to play the point. He yep. has 11 assists. You have 23 points. Was that a glimpse into what next season could be? Are you moving off the ball? Are you going to the two-guard spot? Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely like a little preview, hopefully, of what we can do. Um, obviously, like I said, we're going to have a lot of new pieces around us. We didn't have Jesse, unfortunately, that game either. So, um, you know. He's a big help that we're going to have this year um, with him continuing to improve and then the new guys. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably be playing a little bit more off the ball than I have, you know, my, my past three years. And, uh, you know, obviously when you have a you know, preseason All-American and a first-teamer and you know, the guy who led the ACC in scoring <laughs> at that two spot, it's, it's pretty hard to put anybody else in, that, in, that, in those minutes. So, obviously, you know, even though people like to rat on him, Coach Beheim knows what he's doing. He knows what he's, he's talking about. And, uh, you know, he's obviously a legend for a reason. So, um, you know, we had another guy in that spot before, but obviously next year those minutes are going to have to come from somebody else. And it allows me to go do that um, and trying to focus on scoring more than making plays. But I think, you know, in that kind of role, you know, for someone like me who's always been kind of a combo guard who can play both both spots, um, when I'm looking for my shot and then, you know, it attracts the defense. It obviously opens up for other people. So even though I'm looking for my shot more, maybe it still allows me to make plays and get guys the ball where they need it. You know, for instance, if 
you know, driving into the lane next year. And you guys, if there's a big guy coming up, you're going to dump it down to Jesse, who's, you know, obviously one of the best centers in the league as well. So um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I'm looking forward to it and just seeing how, you know, all the things play out with all the new guys and all everybody's new role. But I think for sure I'll be playing off the ball a little bit more than well, I should say a lot more than I have uh, these past three years. One of the challenges of, of being a shooting guard who's not like the size of, yeah. of, a, of a Buddy Bayheim or uh, even Andy Routens or Tyus Battle. Yeah, I think there's obviously there's um, tough things about it, but there's also positive things about it. You know, if, um, I'm not trying to brag here, but I'm a lot quicker and faster than people might give me credit for sometimes. <laughs> um, and, you know, coming off some off ball screens, you know, and catching the ball on the move is something that, you know, I think I can, you know, use my size and quickness to my advantage. Um, you know, try and get to buy these guys who, you know, might have longer arms or try and just use their length on me. Um, and it allows me to, you know, get by them. Um, you know, if I, if, by using my body and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, you know, like you said, with, you know, Routens, Buddy, and, you know, bad, Ty's Battle, they all had the opportunity to sometimes get in the lane, maybe even jump stop and still be able to, you know, use their pivot foot and get around them for a finish. So it just a lot, it, for someone like me, it, you just have to be, um, I guess, unique in the ways, you know, you, you, you go into the paint or you take shots, you know, in there. So it's about creating space. Um, and that's something I work on all the time with GMAC and I've always worked on um, in, in making, making room for you to get your shot up. Just looking at who's leaving and who's coming in, it's going to be a different looking team next year. You're going to yeah. be a lot younger. Yep. I know maybe more athletic. Mm-hmm. If some of the, especially the, if some of the young forwards step in, I mean, yeah. have you started to, to look at like combinations of guys and just like the look and feel of the team? Yeah. I've talked to the coaches about it. Obviously, you know, you have your um, exit meetings, I guess, after every year with the coaches and just, trying to feel out what they think. Obviously, they're really excited about the group that we got coming in. And, uh, you know, returning guys like, you know, me, Benny, Samir, and, uh, you know, Jesse. You know, Benny knows some of those guys pretty well, actually, from, you know, AAU and just where he's from. So they're, they're, we're all really excited about what they bring. Um, and like you said, it's going to be a pretty athletic team. You know, even the forwards and the guards we got coming in have shown they're pretty athletic. Some, some are bigger guards, too, that are strong bodies. So they'll be, you know, kind of ready to adjust to – the speed and physicality of the division one level. Um, but I think that everybody's really looking forward to what they bring. They all kind of bring something different and something new that, uh, you know, we might not have had, you know, here previous years and, you know, coaches done a great job of, you know, molding guys together before. So I'm sure we'll do another one next year. You know, one thing I was thinking about with all these young kids coming in and we're talking six incoming freshmen, yep. um, freshmen like to play hard in practice. You know, they want to fight for time, right? Yeah, no, that's a great point. They all want to come in and prove their worth, I guess, especially if they're competing against another freshman. You know, we we have six guys, so two, maybe three of them are bound to be playing the same position and fighting for the same spot. So obviously they're going to not only be competing with each other and competing with us, but they're, you know, be competing for their minutes that they want. You know, and Coach Beheim does a – Coach Beheim's biggest thing is if you work hard and you prove yourself in practice and you prove yourself in workouts, that's when you earn your minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so those guys that come right in right away, and I think you made a good point, is, you know, as a freshman, you're obviously coming in trying to prove yourself. Um, so those guys are going to have a good a good start, you know, with Coach Beheim and, you know, earning his trust depending on whether they have the right mentality to come in and, you know, try to earn their minutes. Practices could get intense. That would be great, right? That's what you yeah. need. All the all the best teams, uh, you know, everywhere have the best practices, um, you know, so those those teams that are 
And I think it even showed with this year. I'm not like I said, our record again didn't show it, but in, in practice every single day we were fighting with each other. We were we were pushing each other, and I think that's why we were always in. Like I said, every single game that we played was because we always had good practices, and you know we went on that four little game, uh, that little four game win streak. The coaches were saying those were our two best weeks of practice that they had that we had all year. Obviously, Jesse getting was just unfortunate and um, didn't put a downer in us, but. It was just unfortunate. Um, and, you know, from there, we still fought practice. But I think whenever you have your best practices, you usually play your best. And, uh, you know, with having this new sense of energy with these guys, it'll definitely push even us older guys in practice. All right, so how's Jesse doing? He's good. He's working out now. I see him in the gym. Um, he's working back, working out with Coach Griff. He's got the cast off and everything. So he's doing well. Um, I think it was funny the – it was, it was right after spring break, I think, when we got back. Um, and I saw him working out Coach Griff. It was the first time he had been allowed, like, you know, on the court to run up and down and stuff. He was he was getting winded, and Coach Griff was laughing at him for, uh, you know, obviously it had been, what, a month or, month or two since he's been out. So, um, But he's back into it now. He's doing a really good job. And I know Coach, Coach Griff's doing a good job with all those guys um, and getting him ready. And Benny, you know, here's a kid Benny. I, you know – didn't play a whole lot as a freshman, you know, obviously as his athleticism, you know, jumps out at you. Um, I haven't spoken to him since the end of the season, but I, in this day of the transfer portal, I like the idea of a kid coming back from a year like that and wanting to, to succeed at, a, at his, at his original school. Yeah. Benny did, Benny's done a great job. He, he showed up every day at practice. You know, he, he, uh, I think one thing that, you know, not many people talked about, but he, uh, at the end of the season, he started working with the orange group, uh, when we were going over scouts and stuff, obviously he was still getting in his reps with us on defense. We were playing zone, but he decided he wanted to go play on that side and, uh, you know, still work on his game at the same time. You know, he might not be getting the same minutes in a, in a real game. So this is his opportunity to go into practice and get, get some reps in that is against live defense and stuff like that. So explain orange group though, for, okay. Yeah. The orange group is like, um, our scout team pretty much like we, when we're playing uh, North Carolina um, we put out you know some of the walk-ons and some of those you know guys who might not get as many minutes in the real game um, and they go play North Carolina's offense against our our defense so basically Benny was playing on the scout team he was getting in his reps as well with us um, you know on our defense but he would he would start over on the scout team and you know work on his game on his offensive game and you know try and uh, play against some live defense. So I, I credit him for that, you know, having a positive attitude with that in that, in that sense. Um, and yeah, Benny's kind of figured out that, I mean, it's not that he didn't work hard when he first got here, but it was a transition for Benny, you know, from high school to college, um, you know, seeing and understanding. Because to Benny's credit, he was the only freshman, you know, that we had. He's the only one that hadn't experienced college basketball before, and he's the only one who yeah. was, you know, new to it. So all this stuff came new and all, all of it came fast because, you know, coach and the, the assistant coaches at all kind of trusted the rest of us guys to just know what we have to do and, uh, you know, ex expect us to work hard and, you know, be doing all these things because even Jimmy, um, Cole, and Samir had already played, you know, Division One basketball for a few years and understood, you know, what it really takes. So Benny was at um, kind of a disadvantage with that because he was the only freshman who came in and he had to deal with all these, you know, older guys who had already kind of understood. But as the season went on, he got better and better and better. Um, you know, we saw it in that Duke game uh, at home uh, when he played really well. Yep, yep. And then obviously, unfortunately, he got hurt in the UNC game. But he came on at the end of the year. He did a lot better than, you know, 
he was doing, I guess, in the beginning of the year, and he's just going to continue to grow and become a better player for us and someone that we're going to need to you know, kind of rely on next year to uh, help us out. Switching it up a little bit here. Um, last year was the first year of NIL. Yep. And, of course, we know Buddy was, was a hot commodity out there with breakfast cereals and cameos and, and uh, gear, Buddy Buckets. Yep. You were able to take advantage of the new rules. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? It was fun. You know, uh, we had like a, a compliance meeting with uh, Mark Wheeler like a week before July 1st when, you know, they had all kind of figured out and heard that this was going to pass. Yeah. Um, but I think right in the beginning, like even they didn't know like what the rules were going to be or like how it was going to work, what you were allowed to do, what you weren't allowed to do. So they were just there to pretty much um, explain to us that it was going to pass and that when it did pass and, you know, if we have all these you know, brands and people reaching out to us that just to like run it through them first and, and so that they can go to the NCA and see if it's allowed or not. So I had a lot of fun with it. You know, a lot of the guys had a lot of fun with it. the only really unfortunate thing is like the foreign guys can't, can't benefit from it. So that's unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I think with being on a basketball team and being here at a prestigious basketball team like Syracuse, you guys, we get a lot of attention. So that was pretty fun for all of us to just kind of see uh, what we can do with, you know, whether it was gear, whether it was camps, cameos, all these kind of things. It was it was a lot of fun, um, you know, right at the beginning. You know, everybody was kind of just jumping right into it. But, you know, you kind of had to understand and, like, realize that it only lasts based on how you play um, and based on, you know, uh, who you got, people you got around you. So it was all fun. Um, it still is fun. And uh, but it's kind of like um, – you're a businessman also. <laughs> so, you know, I had, I had, you know, my people around me, like my mom and my dad um, and some close people that I can trust who uh, really helped me out with it and still do. Um, but yeah, it's about keeping a close circle when you're dealing with it and making sure that you're not just throwing your name into every little thing. It's gotta be something that's worth and uh, valuable to you. Will you do a Joe Girard basketball camp either in Glens Falls or Syracuse this year? I actually, yeah, I did. I did. It's called JG3 shooting stars camp. I did it last year. Um, was the first one. Um, I'm actually just now I'm, I'm going to do another one this year. I'm also going to do a girls camp. Um, you know, last year was only able to be a boys camp and it was in a small gym because of COVID and everything. I wasn't allowed into some of these gyms and, you know, obviously some parents didn't want to send their kids cause it was not in the midst of COVID, but it was still a pretty big deal. Um, so this year I'm hoping it's going to be, it's going to be bigger and better. Um, it's going to be August 20th back in Glens Falls high school this time. So it'll be a bigger gym. We'll have more hoops and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be another fun one. And uh, there'll be a lot more people there this year as well. That'd be cool. Yeah. And, and you're there the whole time? Yeah, I'm there. I'm, uh, it's funny. Um, my dad my dad helps run it. You know, I'm running it. And then uh, the counselors are my cousins. <laughs> some, <laughs> of them, some of them that I graduated with, some of them that I graduated before me, and, uh, and their dads who – one of them was my high school coach, and then the other one's the girls' varsity coach um, at Glens Falls. So it'll be all those guys again helping me out, and uh, I'm there the whole time. I, I help show the kids the drills. Then I, I do like a 10 to 20-minute workout just to show them what I do on my workout routine. And then obviously they, they, they go through their uh, their camp stations, their drills, and you know play a little bit of games. So it's a fun time, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the kids again. Well, that'll be cool. You know, another rule that's out there, the NIL rules are new. The NCAA gave every college athlete an extra year of eligibility if you played through that COVID year uh, with no fans. Mm-hmm. 
have you thought about taking advantage of that? And I know you still have next year to go, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I haven't my thought much on it. Honestly, I haven't even, you know, paid too much attention, especially with, you know, just being in the season and, you know, the season's only been over th- three weeks now, but I haven't really paid much attention to it. I haven't, you know, thought much about it, obviously. Um, seeing how next year goes and with with, with uh, what's to come and just seeing how everything plays out is, you know, when the time gets closer, I obviously think more about it. But as of right now, I've, I have no idea or haven't really paid much attention to it. You know, Buddy decided not to take advantage of it. Uh, he's yep. done four years. He's good. Did you mm-hmm. talk to him or did he say anything to you? Like, no, nah, I'm good. I mean, four years of college is plenty. Yeah, I think he his mind was set on that. You know, entering the year, I think he was pretty he was pretty set and done with it. I mean, obviously with what he did, you know, his junior year in the NCAA tournament in March and February, he uh, obviously got his name out there a lot and did a really good job with that. And then you know, being a preseason All American and you know, then ending up being uh, ACC's leading scorer and first team All ACC. I think you know, obviously he didn't think much too, too much about uh, using his extra year. Well, then we'll just have to wait and see how your senior year goes, and hopefully it's a great one. Yes, sir. And, you're what, and you can do whatever you feel like after that. But All right, Joe, listen, it's really a pleasure, as always, to talk to you. It's good to see you again after three weeks since the season ended. Um, good luck in your off-season workouts and in your the Joe Girard Shooting Stars camp. <laughs> yep, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. See you. I want to thank Joe for joining me on the podcast today. And thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast and follow all of our complete coverage of Syracuse basketball on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, 